listening to Marist Connections, a podcast produced by the Marist Alumni Office, which highlights members of the Marist family, including our alumni, students, faculty, staff, coaches, and many more. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Woods, Executive Director of Alumni Relations and a graduate from the class of 1997. For the fifth season of Marist Connections, we're highlighting student life on campus. We're interviewing students, coaches, and faculty about their experiences. Today, we're talking with Jim Parity, head football coach, Scott Rumsey, defensive coordinator, Jake Dembo, offensive coordinator, and Mike Arrington, current starting linebacker. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, Amy. Great to be here. How are you doing? Thank you for being Thank you. Thanks for having us. So let's start with Jim. Jim Parity has guided the Marist football program through three decades of growth. He's in his 30th year as the Red Foxes head coach and his 31st overall with the program. He's tied with one other coach as the longest tenured head coach in Division I football. In his tenure, Marist has made the jump from Division Three to the FCS, moved into a newly renovated stadium, joined the Pioneer Football League, won four league championships, and has had three players sign NFL contracts. In addition to serving as head coach, he also coaches the team's quarterbacks. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me, Amy. Great to be here. Scott Rumsey serves as associate head coach and defensive coordinator. Scott is in his 17th year as associate head coach and is in his 21st as the Red Fox's defensive coordinator. He's been with the team for 24 years. As a student, he starred as a defensive lineman at Marist and helped the Red Foxes to a 7-2-1 overall record and the first conference title in program history and an ACFC crown. Scott earned his bachelor's in communication from Marist in 1991 and a master's in public administration in the spring of 2006. Hi, Scott. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me today. Jake Dembo is in his ninth year as Marist coaching staff. He was promoted to offensive coordinator in the 2009 season. Prior to Marist, he coached at Merrimack High School and Tufts University. After graduation, he played both offensive and defensive line for the Aarhus Tigers in Denmark for two seasons. As a student, he was a four-year starter on the Marist offensive line and team captain in 2008. Jake graduated from Marist in 2009 with a degree in history and adolescent education and received his master's degree in educational psychology from Marist in 2015. Hi, Jake. Hi, thanks for having us today. And we're thrilled to have a current member of the team with us today. Mike Arrington is a junior communications major from Ashburn, Virginia. He's the starting linebacker for Marist and has made academic honor roll every year. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Hey, Amy, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. All right. We're coming off a season with a 5-5 overall record, 5-3 in the Pioneer League. Can you give us a quick recap of the season? Yeah, the, um, the season was uh, actually delayed when we started it with COVID. Uh, our Georgetown game was our opener, and Georgetown team came down with COVID, so we didn't actually get to play our first game, which was – uh, very disappointing for our guys uh, because of the, the fact that we had come off the COVID season last year and we're very anxious to get going. We had gone to a great preseason camp and the, the team had really come together and we we're really looking forward to it. Uh, the second thing that was a little bit harder was that we had a bye week in week two. And so we had to wait two more weeks to get our season off, uh, you know, get our season going. And so the, the kids handled it very well. 
Um, as we went through the season, we had some ups and downs, uh, but we ended up with a five and three conference record. And overall, we'd say it was, it was a good, solid season. So does having those two delays at the beginning of the season, does that really throw you off, especially when you didn't have a whole year before to play? It, it uh, I don't know if it threw us off, but it was it was just a, another hurdle that the, the guys had to handle. And, uh, you know, it, it was just everybody wanted to play. And it, even though in the spring we didn't get to go full pads, we had been in preseason camp. I, would, I had the team in a little bit earlier during preseason, so it was a little bit longer than normal. We'd been in a whole month and we were ready to compete against outside people. So to have to delay that, and we were actually six weeks before we could play outside competition, that that was a difficult part. And the guys were very anxious to get out and, and compete against another opponent. So how do you maintain their motivation when that's going on? Well, I, I think that they were highly motivated at that point. They just, they really were. It was the easy task for us as a coaching staff. Uh, it just a, a, was a very motivated group from the beginning. Uh, so that wasn't anything that we really even needed to address. The guys, they, they kept practicing hard. You know, during the uh, Georgetown weekend, we actually did a little scrimmage, inter-squad scrimmage to simulate a game situation the best we could. But um, it was just about getting to that point of playing that next opponent and, and being sharp when we got there. I think for us on the defensive side, you know, guys like Mike and we had some great senior leadership, some uh, some older guys that have been around the program for a while, really focused everyone in on making sure that we stayed on task, stayed on, on uh, stayed in the culture of the program to, to make sure that we were ready whenever we got to play. You know, at that point, we, we really weren't sure, you know, if the, the first game gets gets COVID out, you know, who knows what's going to happen from there. And we really, uh, at least on our side of the ball, stayed really focused on on what our goals were for the whole season. Overall, there was a lot of maturity um, on the side of the guys, uh, the whole team, really, because when we got the news as a staff, I mean, we were we were literally in the office planning for the next day of practice. And, uh, you know, coach got the news. We had to call an emergency team meeting. So we kind of met him out in the uh, in the stadium and, um, you know, as disappointing as it was, uh, you know, we felt that, that it was necessary to hear it from us first, you know, in this day and age of social media. And, you know, it was it was obviously crushing and there were um, there were some opportunities potentially for us to have another game scheduled kind of very quickly, um, none of which obviously came to fruition. But, you know, the guys, I think it was eye opening for them. I think it was certainly, you know, COVID is ever present and you know we we need to be ever vigilant to make sure that this doesn't happen again and thankfully for us it did not so I think I, I tip my cap to them uh as a team uh just to handle it with the maturity that they did Mike how about from your end I, I thought we were able to remain focused and we I, I think the entire team knew what we had to do uh coming off of the year plus break we all knew that we would have to face adversity going into this season. So having the first game canceled, while it was disappointing, it was just a reminder to us that we have to continue to do the right things to be able to get to the next game and the week following. So I thought that it coming at the beginning of the season was, it wasn't beneficial, but it was a, really a reminder that everything we have to do to make sure we get the next 10 games. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, while we have you, can you tell us what an average week is like during football season? Uh, an average week. So we start with uh, Sunday uh, film meetings, uh, lift and a run. 
Um, Mondays, we're completely off. So it's a big academic day for everyone. Tuesday morning, we're right to the football schedule. So 6.30 meetings, 8.30 practice, and that goes until about 10.30, 10.40. Wednesdays, we'll have uh, 6.30 meetings, 8.30 practice. That goes about to 10.30 as well. And then we'll have a lift that'll start at 11, 11, 10 after that. And then we're free for the day. Thursday is our walkthrough, another 6.30 wake up for meetings, 8.30 practice, and we're done by 10.30. And Friday, if it's a home game, we have our uh, late day walkthrough at 5 p.m. Uh, lead back practice, uh, just review, um, kind of like the quiz, getting ready for the test on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, Saturday, obviously game day, if we had traveled Friday, um, we wake up at the hotel, um, kind of review everything. And if it's a home game, then we have our game early in the day. So there's not much preparation we can do then. So you're a communications major, right? Correct. What, what area do you want to get into? Because, you know, it can go anywhere with Tom. I have uh, concentrations in advertising and PR. I'm really interested in um, getting my integrated marketing communications mastery. Okay. Uh, I would love to be able to add that to my resume and really um, complete my degree. Uh, advertising, it just really interests me. I um, love the idea of being able to present information and really influence behavior with the content that I'm able to come up with. I just mm -hmm. think that whole process is very interesting and I would love to be able to work for like a big uh, corporation and help them out in that uh, sense. So can you do an internship when you're a football player at Marist? How does that work? Me personally, I have not done one yet, unfortunately, but I know it is very possible. I know um, a few of my uh, senior friends that have had internships throughout the uh, season and um, in the spring. So it's definitely possible. And Amy, some of our guys also in the summer uh, do some internships okay. also. A yeah. little bit easier to balance their time during the summer. But yeah. the um, one of the roadblocks with that is just what, how early we come back for preseason camp. And a lot of times the internship doesn't end until after we do. But a lot of times the companies will work with our guys. Also. Yeah. Okay. The winter session is possible for some of them as well. You know, yeah. I think that one of the things that the guys are figuring out with the internships is the earlier they prepare, the better the internship that they're going to get. And then they can kind of put it in the in the schedule where it fits for them. Ms. Gates, shout out to her and the Center for Student Athlete Enhancement, uh, conveniently located right next to the football offices. Miss <laughs> um, Gates is uh, Ms. Gates and her team. Uh, they they work incredibly hard uh, with our guys um, in really all areas of their lives. Uh, you know, in addition to academic support services, peer tutoring, mentor tutoring, um, free tutoring is available to the student athletes. Um, so you know, the guys. Uh, I think tongue in cheek, they call it study hall. And, and that is a requirement for some of our guys. But uh, even if you just need to get down there, a quiet space to work available for uh, student athletes only, uh, you know, really tremendous uh, opportunity that they have throughout the week. As Mike said, you know, Monday is typically a big academic day for, uh, especially for the freshmen, you know, younger guys on the, in the program who are kind of still figuring out uh, life. Um, you know, some of these guys have not had to, uh, you know, do laundry, feed themselves, uh, get around place to place. Uh, let alone, you know, having 20 hours a week as an athletic requirement 
and uh, and all their course loads. So, uh, you know, that that's critical for us. Um, you know, it's something that that we as a staff, uh, you know, Coach Parity is always taken very seriously. Uh, you know, encouraging us as as our position coaches to just have these conversations with our guys. You know, if we get progress reports on them, we need to. You know we need to keep tabs, and and it's something that you know is part of our our daily routine. And as Coach Ramsey said before, our culture. So, um, you know the support services, yes, here, but it also, you know, we have a lot of guys who are highly motivated, who, um, you know, they 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 want to they want to be challenged, and they have the resources that can help them get where they need to go. I don't think a lot of people realize how large the team is, at Maris. How many players did you have this past year? We had 115 on our roster this year, and. Uh, little bit bigger than what we normally carry. We're usually right between 105 and 110, but we did have some more people come back uh, with the fifth year stuff and even a sixth year guy this year. So with the COVID year uh, gained back. So our roster was a little bit bigger. And then in the off season, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, guys deciding to come back or, or take advantage of it and stuff like that. Those are conversations that are going on right now, but 115 uh, I think it was pretty evenly um, balanced. Coach Rumsey, how many on the defensive side? We had, we had 51 guys on defense. Yeah, okay. so, and, you know, right around 56, I think 57 on offense and then our specialists, so. Mm -hmm. So since I have you, Coach, besides what we were talking about with going through COVID and the pandemic at Marist, is there any other particular moment from the season that sticks out that you're extremely proud of for the team? Oh, there's there's lots of lots of moments. Uh, you know, this this team handled themselves so very very well during the course of the year in so many ways. Uh, the Valparaiso trip uh, was something that was a, an adventure in itself, an overtime win. Uh, getting to the airport, getting on the plane, uh, the airlines holding it for us. So it was. Uh, you talk to the kids. It's something that it, you know. The trip itself, the game was outstanding, and the the win, the stop on defense in overtime to kick a field goal, and then scoring on offense, um, and then getting to the airport. As the guys, we we transitioned out of the locker room within 20 minutes. Everybody, a quick shower, jump in the bus, and. We got there, and so that was it. Was uh, something that will be a lifetime memory for me. Wow, Scott, what about you? Uh, for me, it was easy report day. You know, as no, that's that's the biggest part of the season because again, some of these guys we hadn't seen in the spring. They had decided to go remote, so we hadn't seen them. And just as as everyone probably knows, there's so many hurdles of of layers of things they have to do just to get here. You know, we had to. Everybody had to be had to get vaccinated. Everyone had a ton of paperwork that had to get turned in. So just the amount of, of hurdles that we had to jump just to get to report day and to see 110 of them show up that day was, was incredibly uh, rewarding for me just be, because I know how bad they wanted it and, and how bad we had talked to them about the, the things that, that were missed and how they had to take every opportunity that now was presented to them and just take it to the fullest. And you could really see the joy in their faces as they came uh, together for the first time in, in so long uh, that that was really, really rewarding for, for me. Obviously my, you know, my daughter's a freshman this year and she was helping out with the team and, and that was great for me too. But just, you know, really seeing the guys be able to come together uh, for a goal and yeah, it got put off a couple of weeks the first game, but just overall uh, having them together again I think was something that that 
you know, filled an old man with joy, if you will. Uh, someone who's been here as long as coach and I, uh, you know, sometimes those little things uh, go unnoticed. You know, coaches told me I got to do a better job of, uh, of recognizing that kind of stuff. And, I, you know, that was really a rewarding day for me. It's a long day, but it was very rewarding for me just to see them all to finally be together as a team again yeah. and not just looking at them on a screen. I can't believe it. I was a freshman. Oh my goodness. I'm kind of hung up on that right now. Oh my goodness. Me too. Me too. My other two daughters are juniors in high school. My twins. Oh my goodness. Jake, what about you? Any particular moments stand out? Since you put everybody on the spot, you know, I'm kind of racing through uh, in my head. I, I think, it, you know, there, there are just moments, right? There are like snapshots and, and I kind of view them almost as like out of body experiences. Um, Standing in front of the team, like Coach Rum said that first day, um, because we had up on the board we had a big we had a big number. I think it was 665, which was the number of days since we had last been together in wow. official football capacity. You know, mm -hmm. we had obviously had a great offseason program, uh, lifting weights in the new McCann edition um, in the in the winter of 2020 before you know the world kind of came to a screeching halt. We had a we had a great uh, spring spring practice season. You know, we had eight padded practices in the spring of this year, um, which was great. But I mean, that's not that's not the same as preparing to play other other schools and universities out there. That's not the same as challenging for pioneer football league titles. So you know, the fact that we were all there together, you know, we were masked, and you know, we were we were doing uh, you know again extra precautions as we had discussed before to make sure that we got. The this thing up off the ground but it was it was truly like I'm I can picture just you know viewing this from afar it's like guys do you realize that not that long ago we were exactly as we are in this meeting right here and that we're not behind a computer screen I mean and and it was just all those things all that rush of emotion and connection and and togetherness um kind of fast forwarded that to when we were in the booth at Columbia you know it was like we are here I mean, putting the headset on, watching uh, the first touchdown of the season, Dwayne Manders with a big um, big kick, ret uh, punt return for a touchdown. I mean, the, the sideline jumping up and down, the excitement, the energy, you know, fast forward, like Coach had said, out to Valpo for that win, being at home for the first win at home against Stetson in the locker room, just the smiles, the, the, the feeling, the energy, and and it, it you can't put a – price on that sort of thing you can't put a premium on that so you know corny as it might be just the experience as a whole but you look at certain snapshots and and you know from where we came and and, and how long we had to wait um truly I mean it just fills the heart it fills the soul really. that's awesome so Mike the camaraderie of the team how important is camaraderie and support on and off the field with your teammates? It's it's in, extremely important. Uh, it builds the team. It's the brotherhood. It's being able to play as a team. If there's no camaraderie, camaraderie, then there there's no team. Like there, you can't play together. You're not able to play cohesively. And on both on all three sides of the ball, if you can't play cohesively, then not many things are going to get done. You're not going to be able to get the ball rolling and not many things will go your way. So it's a lot of the teams that are great, they are very close, very close, tight-knit group. I know one of the things that the 2013 team um, 
reiterated was how close they were. Um, they always spoke about how they were all so close and there was never any um, clicks on the team and that they were all at one and wherever you see one, there's probably 60, 70 other guys with them. So I thought that was something that I wanted to really try to bring to this team. And I thought that in my time here, that this has been the closest that the team has been. I thought that we were really able to come together, even though we had approximately 60 kids that had never really been on campus the sophomore class not really having a true freshman year and then a whole another freshman year class coming in. So about 60 guys, new faces, trying to really bring them all together was something that uh, our senior class really uh, emphasized on this season. Oh, that sounds great. So Jim, what are there any uh, areas you are looking to improve on for the 2022 season? I know you graduated a large number of seniors this weekend, correct? For, well, senior day for the, the last game, right? There was 33 players uh, and some uh, 41 seniors total, I think I read, right? Yes. So is that large or is that average for seniors? Uh, the 33 players is uh, a little bit bigger than uh, usually right around 25. Okay. Um, but again, it's kind of a combination of two classes here, uh, last year's and this year's. And the, the strange things of, about this right now is that there's only two kids out of our 115 that have exhausted their NCAA eligibility because okay. of the COVID year. They, these, uh, the majority of the, the guys on the team have an opportunity to play additional football in college. And so okay. those are the things that are kind of getting looked at right now uh, for our roster for next year. Uh, so in recruiting, we really, until probably another three weeks from now, after I have all the conversations and lay it all out with the, the guys and they figure out which direction they're going, we won't know exactly how many we're going to bring in in each position. Uh, because, again, we'd like to have the guys come back if they want to come back and, and be an addition to our team. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see how that goes with, with that part of it. Okay. So... How can alumni and friends who don't live locally in the Hudson Valley stay up to date with the team? How can they support the team? Coach Rumsey or Coach Dembo, I'm going to let you guys take that social media or even Mike. You guys. Well, I, I think right now one of the one of the big ways is most of our home games or actually most of our games overall are on ESPN Plus or ESPN Three. So I think that's a, that's one great way that they can see the team live, if you will. Um, so that that's always huge and. And as Coach said in today's social media world, I think Instagram, Twitter, you know, all of those social media platforms that, that we have as a football program, that we have as individual coaches, that the athletics department has, uh, that Marist has, are all great ways to stay up to date with the day-to-day the -day happenings um, of, of what's going on, not only at Marist football, but uh, with Marist in general. Uh, so I think that's that's one of the big things. And and they shouldn't be afraid to, to reach out, to drop an email. You know, as I'm sitting here, my my phone just lit up with an email from an alum. Uh, you know, we want to know he coaches at a, at, another, at a high school. And hey, how do I get one of my younger guys in, into the recruiting process? So, you know, I think one of the one of the special things about Marist and about Coach Parity, obviously, is that guys that graduated 30 years ago, can, can have a connection with the head coach that's there. You know, he coached them. 
you don't see that as coach mentioned, or you mentioned Amy, except for one other place that that's possible. And, and that, that a lot of the coaches that these guys have played for are still sitting here. And that's, that's special. And I think that speaks a lot to, to Marist and president Murray and now uh, president Wyman to, to be able to have the confidence in a, in a, a staff and, and certainly coach parody uh, and what he's doing, not only on the field, but what he does to develop these guys off the field. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's one of the great things is they can always reach out to us. I mean, this place has, you know, from the time, certainly when, when coach Rums played here and, and when I got here as a freshman in 2005, even when Mike got here as a freshman in 2018, I mean, there's always something new going on here, whether it's a new addition to a particular building or, or a new building in itself, a club, a, an organization, um, a, a person working here, whomever that is. You know, the, the, the place is always on the cutting edge. And I mean, I had, you know, I was fortunate this week, in addition to my family coming to the game, all the guys I live with throughout my four years here, you know, they brought their families here for the, you know, some of them the first time that they're seeing uh, the, the McCann renovation. You know, one of the one of the guys' wives was a fashion major to go see the steel plant as that's been renovated in the last couple of years. It's a great place. You know, this is, this, this is special to a lot of people. And, you know, the, the, as, as Coach Rum said before, you know, that extends beyond the walls, but it all started within the walls. So come on back and, and check it out and, and get, get those feelings that you used to have, but now see what it's like for the current students and their experience. Um, because, you know, I, I, we hosted a few recruits this past weekend and it, wow, this is a really nice place. This is, this is great, huh? said, yeah, usually people don't come back and say, wow, this was a real dump, huh? You know, so, <laughs> I mean, uh, we know what it's like here, um, but to see it firsthand as it exists now and the direction that it's going uh, or continues to go, um, very, very cool, very special. And it's a pleasure to, to work here and, and represent it on a daily basis and, you know, have guys like Mike see what it's like now uh, when we know what it came from. Not that it wasn't great then, but, you know, again, it just continues to get more and more special. Yeah, continues to grow. And, and uh, the other one, I don't know if Coach Rums had said it, but GoRedFoxes.com and our athletics department, a tremendous website on everything going on through the athletics program and uh, always covers us in, in a very positive way. And I know we tried to email your away games, you know, because you guys are pretty out there in distant areas, you know, right here in the Northeast for those games, we tried to email alums that we know are living in that area in the week leading up to the games to get them to come out. So uh, that's been working out well. And then certain places like Stetson, where there's a good group of people, we'll definitely get people together, even Georgetown. You know, we have good groups down there um, to tailgate. So people just have to check their email as well. But like Scott mentioned, alumni, you, it's probably like another job, right, Scott? You've got the current team and the current students. I can't imagine, because I'm alumni director, you guys have your own alums who they just talk to you. I think it shows that, that everyone's love for the place, not only, not only guys that played, but other alums that are reaching out to you. Because, you know, so many of the guys that I graduated with, now their kids are here or they've graduated from here. Um, you know, so it's just, it, it, it's really tradition. Um, almost for them. And they're almost offended if their kid doesn't come here. Um, you know, and I know, you know, for my oldest daughter, we had given her plenty of options and even made her 
visit other places just to do it. But she was, you know, she went early decision and she was set on it for a long time. Um, and, and I think that that's what you find a lot. And I think that that everyone has seen how the how Marist has grown, uh, not only academically, but as Jake said, you know, on campus, the the actual physical uh, place has grown so much that they just want to be part of it. They want to they want their kids to be part of it. Uh, and I think that that's that that's special. You know, and we always look to to reach out to to the alums as, as often as we can and uh, as much as we can to try to keep them in the loop. And, you know, now I think, as we said, the, the online platforms are probably the best way uh, for most people to do it. But, you know, we do love to see them when they come up on campus as well. Do you all have any idea of how many of your former players have gone on to coach? I don't have an exact number. Um, Eight guys on staff right now that, that are our are, are, uh, former uh, underclassmen and I you know coach and I were talking a little bit about it this morning it's more than 30 um, that are out there coaching football in, in some type of capacity oh yeah yeah and a lot of them get involved with their their children's pop warner programs mm -hmm. and, and jump in so if you you count that level I I'd say we'd be up in the hundreds then at that yeah. point you know with, yeah. with that part of it and uh, for their yeah. love of the game and passing it on to their family so but we have quite a few that have gone on, uh, not only coaching here. I'd love to have our guys who played here join the staff. And as Coach said, we have eight on staff right now. And then they've gone off to different colleges and, and numerous high school guys around the area, Connecticut. We have just a few up from Connecticut uh, a couple of weeks ago that are still coaching and one guy from New Jersey this past weekend. So they're, they're all around. Yeah. I think it's a testament to you guys professionals in the uh, career world, but also some great coaches. Mike, are you heading home for the holidays? I actually am. I'm um, departing to Maryland uh, after my 12 meeting with uh, Coach Parody today. So excited <laughs> about that. Excited to um, see the rest of my family. They came up for uh, senior day. So oh, great. Um, not like I haven't seen them in a, a long time, but uh, yeah. it, it'll be good to be back home. I haven't been there since um, I think June 1st, I, I spent this summer actually wow. up here uh, preparing for this season. I'm doing yeah. the off-season lifts and uh, working grounds just to um, get ready to have this season that I was able to have. I think that's one of the things maybe Mike failed to uh, mention uh, when he gave you a day in the life. Uh, you know, the, the time that these guys put in outside of what football is, you know, not only watching film, but doing that stuff, you know, coming back in a COVID year on June 1st to, to make sure he could work out not only with his teammates, but using our facilities and, and just doing those extra things that it takes to be at the level that Mike's at. You know, I think, you know, Mike also fails to, to mention of how, how high he ranks uh, in sacks in the league and tackles in the league and was a defensive player of the week this year uh, in the league. Um, so, you know, a lot of those things don't come just putting that time in that he mentioned. A mm -hmm. lot of that stuff comes with that extra time that with any job. And I think that's one of the great things about these guys is, is they've realized that it takes something extra to be special. Uh, you know, anybody can get a job anywhere, but it takes a little bit extra to be special. And, you know, players like Mike, uh, you know, we talk on a daily basis defensively about our culture and, and and what those things mean to 
us uh, as a program. Um, you know, and I think Mike is a perfect example of one of those guys that really, really lives that uh, every day. Um, so, you know, I don't want to let him let Mike go without to kind of tooting his horn a little bit there, um, you know, to, to really let people know what time that it is. Yes, it's 20 hours on the books, but it's probably another 20 or 30 hours um, outside of that, that, that they're spending on their own studying game plans and asking questions and, and getting together in small groups to, to be the best that they can be. I appreciate that. Got a heck of a nice kid. <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect note to end on. So thank you, all of you, for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedules. We know how crazy it is. Um, for those listening, we hope you'll join us again next week as we continue our series, spotlighting what's happening here on the ground at Maris. And please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can keep in touch and know every time we post a new episode of Marist Connections. We'll continue to bring you conversations with students, faculty, staff, alumni, and coaches, and others essential to the Marist community. If you have suggestions for future podcast themes or guests, please email them to us at maristalumni at marist.edu. And be sure to check us out at Facebook, Marist Alumni, and official Marist Alumni Instagram. But Otherwise, thank you once again and have a great day, everyone. Thanks for having us today. Thanks, Jamie.